Let us pray. Lord, may the words that come from my mouth make sense because they are inspired by your Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. During the season of Lent, we've preached through sections of Matthew's Gospel, focusing on Jesus' teaching in between the mountains. The mountaintop experiences and the teachings of Jesus in those places are like the highlights reel of Matthew's Gospel. But what happens either side and in between the Sermon on the Mount, the Mount of Transfiguration and Mount of Calvary matters. And given that today we focus on the other side of Calvary, what we hear today matters most. In my weekly devotional this week, Nikki Gumbel, the founder of Alpha, said, mountaintop experiences encourage you, but it's the valleys that mature you. I'm praying fervently for maturity in this time as we go through the darkest of valleys. It hasn't been easy to preach over the last few weeks, but I do hope that I am maturing as a preacher. After our first online service, I described preaching like this as one of the strangest experiences I've ever had. It's getting a little easier each time but I have no idea whether I'm funny anymore. Today hasn't been an easy sermon to write either. Preaching the good news of Easter in a Good Friday world can be challenging even for a professional who's supposed to have it all together. I think the one thing that most of the world is learning at the moment is that nobody has it all together. In a world of fear, my challenge today is to preach trust and security in Jesus. In a world of isolation and loneliness, my challenge today is to preach relationship with Jesus and reconciliation with God. In a world without hope, my challenge today is to preach the hope of the resurrection. After we've finished eating dinner and Caleb, my youngest, has started to get ready for bed, I turn to Leanne and say, do you want to see what's changed in the world today? And we watch the news that I've recorded earlier. It always seems to start with the grim news of how many new cases have been realised in each state, how many deaths there have been. And then we're smacked in the face with the enormity of the tragic loss of life and the impact of COVID-19 across the world. I've now taken two funerals with the current restrictions of 10 people, including me. On Tuesday, I will do my third. While it has been incredibly hard for the families, there is also an unexpected sense of intimacy that I've not experienced in other funerals. But it all hit home to me last Sunday night when I received a call from a hospital chaplain. A man aged 71 had passed away and the family wanted an Anglican priest to pray over him. The problem was that there was a strong chance that he may have died of COVID-19. They were awaiting the results of testing. The chaplain explained that, that there was no way that I would be allowed into the ward, but that I could pray with the family who were in Brisbane and the ward staff on the Gold Coast at the same time. Thankfully, I believe in the one true faith and with Apple, this sort of thing 
is easy. So I rang the next of king and I put them on hold, called the hospital ward and they gowned up and took the phone into the room. I merged the calls and prayed over the man, giving the assurance of God's presence and peace. If I thought preaching to a camera was strange, this was next level. But what really struck me was the follow-up call I got from the chaplain. He finished our conversation by saying that at some point we do expect to be able to go into the rooms in appropriate protective equipment. And would I be willing to do that? The words, yes, of course, came out of my mouth before I really had a chance to digest the implications. As I reflected with Leanne afterwards, it all got very real, very quickly. The impact of death is unavoidable in our world right now. Experiencing the impact of death was the first thing that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary expected on that first Easter morning. Death was very real for them. They both knew Jesus personally. The other Mary was quite likely Jesus' own mother. Matthew reports, After the Sabbath, on the first day of the week, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. This may sound strange and morbid, to go and see the tomb. But we still do this very thing. It's what we do at funerals. It's what we do visiting cemeteries. It's what we do visiting the memorial garden behind our church building. But they did not expect what happens next. Matthew explains the supernatural aspects slightly differently than the other gospel writers. But they all agree Jesus is risen and death has been defeated. This Easter, I want us to take notice of the actions of these two women. The angels say, Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. This section of Matthew's gospel is bookended by the same two actions. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid, go. The Easter message is about the power of the proclaimed word to bring about the new life in Christ, relationship with God and one another, reconciliation with God and one another and the ongoing work of being the hands and feet of Christ in the world. If all of that is too much of a mouthful, The Easter message is simply, we see and then we go. You might be immediately thinking, but we can't go anywhere. The Prime Minister has been telling us to stay at home this Easter. We have no choice. Well, I was reminded by a wise sage recently. To say you have no choice is a failure of imagination. I'm declaring my inner nerd as I'm quoting from Star Trek. 
If you'd ask me last Easter if 90-plus-year-olds would sit down and watch a service on their computer, television or mobile device, I would have thought, no way. If you'd have suggested that people from other countries and other parts of Australia would be watching our services, I would have said, you're dreaming. If you'd have asked me, and if you'd asked my children, particularly if people would be hanging out to see what silly voice over I would try and do next week, they would have said that you had rocks in your head. But all of these things have happened in the last few weeks. It has never been easier to invite people to church. And church has never been more accessible. Right now, in the privacy of your own home, someone can meet and make a decision to follow Jesus, surrounded by the worship, the teaching and the prayers of the worldwide church. But even more importantly, your voice, and even more importantly, your testimony of hope, has never been more necessary. You don't have to have all the answers and you don't need to have it all together. I don't. When everything is normal, faith can sometimes seem superfluous. But when we are walking through the darkest valleys, faith is never so essential. It is why the 23rd Psalm continues to be the most popular reading at a funeral service. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you, God, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. If there was a time for us to tell others that we believe in Easter, it is now. If there was a time for people to rediscover or to discover for the first time the hope of Easter, it is now. 2,000 years ago, people living in Jerusalem saw a notable public figure, a well-known rabbi who did signs and wonders, who some said was a long-awaited Messiah. They saw this man brutally and publicly killed. But then after a few days, they started to hear and see him talking with his friends. Is there any wonder why this story started to be told and people began to believe? The church has been telling this story that death has been conquered and new life is possible for the last 2,000 years in every culture, in every country and in every language. The church cannot stop telling this story now. This story has been so life-giving for generations. It can and it will be life-giving now. In the midst of our fears, when words fail us, Let us fall back on what we know to be true, that Jesus is our risen saviour. Jesus is still risen in our worry. He is still victorious in our doubt. He is still alive. When everything seems hopeless, the hope of Easter remains. The hope of Easter lives in you and it lives in me. As we are called to go into the darkest of valleys, unsure of how we can or will be allowed to tell of this hope, be assured that we will, through the Holy Spirit's power, find ways that we could have never imagined to tell of this hope. Do not be afraid. Go.
using Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, ordinary old phone calls. We go, sending emails, writing letters, talking to our neighbours socially distanced over the fence. We go, becoming more aware of the needs of others and finding creative ways to meet them. We go, being generous with our time and our resources, our smiles and our thank yous. We go. There is hope to share. The love of God cannot be contained. Death has been defeated. Do not be afraid. Go. If you need to discover, rediscover or reclaim this hope, let me pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, overwhelm our fears with your love, your forgiveness and your grace. Come into our hearts this day and be the saviour we need. Amen.